Welcome to Think Yourself Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Duranja. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist, cognitive behavior specialist, personal trainer, and recovering perfectionist turned professional half-asser. Thanks for being here and for taking the journey with me from surviving to thriving. Let's dive in with today's episode. Everybody, on today's show of Think Yourself Healthy podcast, I have a very special guest all the way from Germany today with us, and her name is Nyla Konzen. Is that correct? Konzen. She is from About the Good Life on Instagram. Nila is a holistic psychologist, yoga teacher, and certified plant based nutritionist from Germany. Her unique approach blends the latest science in psychology, nutrition, and Eastern mindfulness practices to promote holistic well-being. Neela is passionate about encouraging people to look within to cultivate a more compassionate, healing, and nurturing connection to themselves, and ultimately find the truth of who they are perfectly whole in all of their imperfection. Thank you so much, Neela, for being with us today. Um, what a beautiful mission you're on. I absolutely, you know, really admire the work that you're doing. Um, it's so important that we get the information out there and start having conversations with individuals talking about imperfection and, and giving ourselves permission to know that it's okay to not have to be perfect and always in judgment of ourselves and others. So I'm really super stoked to have you here to have this conversation. So thank you again for being with us. Oh, thank you so much, Heather. And thank you for having me and inviting me to today's show. And uh, it's an honor to talk to you today. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I'm super excited to dive deep. Just We're going to just go right into all of the exciting stuff that both yourself and myself are absolutely obsessed with and, you know, super passionate about and really want to share these messages with others. So I've been a fan of your work and I've been following your page for quite some time. So can you just kind of give me a little idea, talk to the audience about how you got started? Yeah, sure. So um, the whole Instagram thing um, uh -huh. only started about a year and a half ago. Uh -huh. But before that, I studied uh, psychology and I also have a background um, uh, with an eating disorder and some kind of minor depression and also other hormonal imbalance. So it was all about like taking really good care of myself first mm -hmm. before this whole online uh, community share started. So um, after I finished my master's degree in psychology, I was still on my healing journey and I always knew that there were some parts missing, like some pieces that were a really big part of healing and embracing the wholeness and all of it. So mm -hmm. I dig deeper into the whole field of holistic nutrition. And um, so I started studying uh, nutrition as well. And I just finished my studies uh, a year and a half ago when I started like uh, putting my work out there and 
so during my journey, I also um, became a certified yoga teacher. So um, I, I included this whole like body embodiment of healing and the somatic work into my into my own life but also now into the into uh, like my work life mm -hmm. and um supporting others on uh, their holistic healing journey and um, so yeah this was um like a little bit about the background before all of this instagram thing and sharing started and i think it's important to mention this as well because nowadays i have a lot of people who approach me and say well nila i just you know i wish i can be where you are today and sharing with like so much knowledge and experience and wisdom and i always have to remind them that it's not like there's so much that happens before this, you know, um, and I just want to be authentic and I want to be real. And I still share like what's been on my mind and what I'm currently going through because, you know, healing is not a place uh, and there's no like finish line or, or being there or being completely healed. It's an ongoing process. And, I know um, that we, like you and, and I, and we, we repeat ourselves by saying this, and sometimes it might sound like, a, well, you have a good saying about this, you know, you are at a stage where, where you can talk about it so openly. And I, I always have to remind myself that there are many, many people out there who are not, like, who are still, like, stuck in, in, in this being this in this in this mindset but also being stuck in the body where they are maybe unable to to move forward because they haven't developed the sense of awareness and uh, they they don't know the tools of how they can become unstuck right. yeah that's beautiful I think it's interesting that with your journey your journey started with psychology and then ended with and for myself, it was just the opposite. I started my journey with nutrition and then discovered that psychology is a huge component of, you know, why we do the things we do, why we continue to um, follow certain behaviors. And so it's interesting to see how both of our um, journeys are kind of reversed. Yeah. Yeah. I think like no matter how each of us start, we all know that one thing is not enough to you know heal holistically and also to grow and develop and sometimes i find myself for example when i talk to my friends or my family who are very different and i talk about concepts like healing uh, they they seem to kind of not get me because they they think oh i'm not broken you know i don't need healing what is this all about and um so i like to talk about healing um, in a sense that it's also about, you know, growing spiritually and also uh, self-development and uh, there's so much more to it. It's not just about like healing, being healed and then it's done, but it's about all of us becoming a, a better person in a way that we can, yeah, become more self-aware with ourselves, but also how we engage in our relationships and uh, yeah, in, in, in our lives in general, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm guessing sometimes you feel much like the outsider in your own family as I do. Yeah. 
So, you know, I want to ask you this. I feel like personally there's a huge stigma around the concept of trauma and healing and that most people feel that they have had to have had some really significant, you know, tragic event occur in their life in order for them to be able to qualify for the healing process, to sign up, say, all right, sign me up. I checked the box. I had this horrific trauma. Now I can start healing. And when I have conversations with people um, and we start talking about that inner journey and going within and kind of doing some self-reflecting and digging up some of that you know, trauma, they're like, oh, no, I don't, I don't have trauma in my life. I wasn't like beaten as a child. I wasn't abused. Um, I wasn't homeless. I wasn't raped. I wasn't, you know, in a domestic of violent, domestically violent situation. And it always baffles me that that's where our brains go first mm -hmm. to think this is what needs healing and that anything below that doesn't necessarily qualify as being quantitative enough to um, want us to, you know, initiate that process. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Yes, it totally does because I, I know exactly what you're talking about. When, when I have people come to me and they, they I, I always start with um, talking about pain and then I come to the concept of trauma and, and the definition of it, which is really, or it's still developing, you know, there are so many people out there like Bessel van der Kolb and all the other amazing uh, trauma therapists and trauma workers, they, they all he have their own definition of trauma. And it's not just, you know, um, the big T traumas and the, the, the big things that like accidents or really horrific um, physical or emotional uh, yeah, traumas, but it's, it's um, more important to look at what happens inside of us and with regard to what happens outside. And this might be very um, like different for all of us, you know, it might it often it have, it's something like minor or we see as like, not really big that happens in our childhood or that repeatedly happens you know um for example parents judging our behavior or our our being our emotions and um have their own traumas uh, and and so it's really how our nervous system um, deals or it's not in, unable to to deal with certain aspects that happen around us so it's so really personal and sometimes when I just say like like I, I explain the the concept of trauma and that it's so like individually um yeah different then pe people like the, I, I see in their eyes and I can sense in their body that that they really like, they soften, you know, it's like a relief for them to know, wow, okay, this actually, I can say it was traumatic for me because I experienced it as really painful. And I think this is like also very beautiful when people can just, you know, trauma is, is something that, um, yeah, traumatic experience happened to all of us. And if whether, whether we term it as trauma or not, um, I think uh, what you said about that it's still such a stick around it in our society is it's so really it's so sad I guess because 
it's so many people are unable to talk about it or they are ashamed because they think they are the only ones or they they're even weird for having these like really painful emotions I agree with you. I think it's important that we have to start normalizing trauma in a sense, because the reality is, you know, you know, as well as I do that from birth to eight years old, it's the most um, impressionable time in our life when all of our stories, programs, narratives, perspectives start developing that shape who we are going to be as an adult so that mainframe system, you know, that computer system has been downloaded and installed. And then every morning when we rise, it's like hitting the power button and it just loads up to that default state of everything mm -hmm. that happened to us from birth to that specific age. And we don't even realize that we're operating from this place and we don't question it. We don't we don't investigate it. We just accept it as the truth. And then ultimately what I see most adults doing is defending these behaviors for the rest of their life, no matter how unhealthy and, um, you know, self-sabotaging these behaviors can be, it's really hard for individuals to let go of that and start shaping new behaviors that are more aligned with who they desire to be. So. Exactly. Yeah, and I also know that a lot of people, they uh, start like Googling and they start searching online um, for, for the answer or for certain concepts and methods and they get overwhelmed. And this is also why I started this whole Instagram thing um, a couple of years ago, like with colorful concepts. And I really try to make this whole, like this really complex uh, thing of, of healing and also this, yeah, this thing of just being humanness, you know, something we all share to to just normalize it and to to make it simpler or in a way to combat all these knowledge and all these concepts uh, that we know as uh, professionals into something like tangible for for everyone. And um, this is also the feedback I get, and I hope that we can all continue this like conversation about healing and holding and growing and developing. That it, it, it's something, yes, we, we all go through it, you know, at some point in our lives. Well, this is such an important concept. This information, this material is really important to me. Um, it's the foundation of my practice as a registered dietitian um, nutritionist because I work a lot with autoimmune diseases. So specifically women who suffer with autoimmune disease. I myself got diagnosed at 18 with an autoimmune disease. And that's where my journey through holistic nutrition began with learning how to take care of myself and, you know, uh, stabilize my situation. And so as um, I started, you know, getting really into this work with autoimmune disease, what I recognized is that there are certain common commonalities amongst all of these individuals. And typically, these diseases are deeply rooted with stress management and trauma. So we have to get to the root of the problem with the trauma and the stress management in order to really release the nervous system 
from constantly being in that state of stress, which is having such a negative impact on our physiology that's contributing to chronic disease and all of these autoimmune diseases. So for me, it's really important that we start making these kind of conversations around trauma and healing very, very normal. Because if we want to fix our eating issues, if we want to fix our overall health and well-being, we have to start with what's going on in here with the thoughts and with our perspective in order to ever stand a chance at truly being able to have, um, you know, overall health and well-being mentally and physically. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's uh, really important that you um, say this. And also, I believe we, we have to kind of be more mindful and more kind to the parts that have been hurt and that are still hurting us you know so we we don't develop something like um like an eating disorder or some food and um, habits or certain kinds of yeah like um emotional patterns out of nowhere you know they are all coping mechanisms that served us at one time in our life because they helped us to to survive really and it's it it always starts with like safety being safe in the body being safe in in your in your mind like being safe within yourself and so this is the whole concept of self-belonging and finding a home within which is which is are also really important when we talk about healing and also you know um i think it's so interesting that you came to the pathway of holistic healing uh, in a in a diverse like uh, order reverse order and um, but yeah and, and at the end of the day there there's so many different tools and paths and i just hope we can one day just normalize talking about these things you know and i honestly i feel like we're heading there especially with 2020 my gosh this year has really um, been quite the you know quite the game changer in terms of waking people up and forcing us to kind of look at ourselves. We've had an opportunity to spend more time with ourselves than ever before in our history of lifetime um, that we can remember. And so I feel like there's this sort of trendy movement that's kind of happening right now with healing and people being more interested and more curious about what this whole healing journey actually looks like. Um, so with that being said, can we kind of talk, talk to me about what it means to harness our inner wisdom? I think it's important. I feel like that's kind of what we've all been, had an opportunity to happen over these last six months with this whole, you know, coronavirus and quarantine and, and um, really giving us that opportunity to harness our inner wisdom. So can we kind of talk about that? What does that mean for you? Ah, oh, yeah, sure. Harnessing my inner wisdom. That's actually one of my favorite topics to talk about. Because, you know, I believe that we all have this sense of 
intuition and innate wisdom uh, that's within of each of us. And by that, I mean, again, when we look holistically at this whole concept and uh, harnessing the wisdom of our mind, of our body, and also of our soul, you know, we are complex human beings. And um, so it, it really is all about like realizing at first that this wisdom is unique for us. And when I'm talking about wisdom, I always like to say that it's not just the mere knowledge we gain, but it's also practicing this knowledge, you know? It's not enough to just know all these things, these methods, but also to practice them in a way where it's aligned with, with yourself. And so, it's, it's really all about learning um, how you can listen to yourself, what you're like tuning inwards, what does your body need in this present moment? And this may change from moment to moment and day by day. And um, I believe, you know, we, when we are born, no one, no baby is born hating itself. You know, we are all when we are born, we, we have this innate wisdom and we are so good at reading it. You know, we are, we are harnessing it all the time. We, we cry when we are hungry or when, uh, when we have unmet needs. And then like through conditioning, we, we unlearn this, this really important skill. And it's nothing we talk about at school. We like, we don't get taught about it by our parents or mostly not. So, I think it's really important uh, now as we are adults and we have the opportunity to, to unlearn and relearn certain things that um, we, we have this like a responsibility also to, um, to really learn how we can tune into ourselves um, and, and harness or like develop this wisdom with this, which is unique to us, you know, and, I see a danger in like common wisdom that is get, getting put out into the world by saying like you have to to do this method or try this path because mm, this is just you know not true we we all have this yeah sense of feeling when something is wrong or we try something like a new yoga class or a certain diet and then we Ah, uh, there's there's a sense of no, this might not be right for me. So, yeah, the harnessing the inner wisdom. It's it's really complicated to talk about it in a way that I can express it with language alone because it's something that has to be felt. I guess it's something, you know, when we tune into our body. When I'm doing my yoga, I'm in a sense of this is me being me moving to music I can tune to and that serves me in the present moment. Um, and this is really what like practicing awareness and mindfulness and um, yeah, also mixed with self-responsibility, self-forgiveness and self-love, compassion and belonging, like everything that comes after self is so, so truly important and something we should all like uh, try to incorporate more often in our daily lives. Absolutely. I agree with that. I think that, you know, as a society over, you know, a long period of time, we've been conditioned to be so detached from <laughs> ourselves that majority of individuals really have no idea 
how to start looking within, how to start finding that attunement, how to start listening to that inner wisdom. So what do you recommend to somebody, let's say the average listener who's out there, who's like, huh, this whole healing thing, it sounds like I've tried everything else. Maybe this is the thing I need to, you know, to do. And there's a lot of resistance because they just don't know where to get started. So how can you encourage someone to tap in and experience that inner wisdom, that attunement, you know, that, that going within? How do they start? Oh, it's a good question because it's not an easy answer. But what I can say to it is that I know a lot of people who approach me and say, well, Nila, this sounds great, but I'm just not ready to do it. And I don't have time for this whole healing thing. And so I love to include healing in everyday experiences. So for example, um, a really simple tool to do so is using the five senses in, in any like given moment. You know, you can always notice five things you can see and hear and uh, maybe even smell and taste and touch. So this is a really simple way to start. Um, and also one of the concepts I really love and practice throughout my day is um, practicing the gap. And what I mean by that is to practice the gap between thoughts, between emotions, between um, even like external things. Mm -hmm. So for example, when I go on a walk, um, I um, practice like actively noticing the gaps between two things like two cars, for example, or to just practice holding the space without uh, adding the judgment to it, you know, so um, and just by starting simple by starting like really, really simple with these things, um, you can notice like even improvement uh, in your relationships when you start holding um, a space for other people and your conversations to not, you know, uh, just add anything, but you just, this is the concept of like honoring the presence and mindful listening to just be with it without adding anything at first. So, um, yeah, being, being present with what is and practicing mindfulness and observing without judgment. Um, and also like simple things when you uh, practice a certain activity you do every day, let's say you eat, mm -hmm. um, let's say you're sitting down to eat three times a day, uh, start by uh, putting your phone away, you know, um, don't watch YouTube or <laughs> anything else. Um, just be present with one thing at a time and no one can tell me that they start like very, very simple, you know? Um, yeah. Love that. That's great advice. Thank you for those tips. I think that for a lot of individuals, um, the real challenge in this initiation process is the judgment piece. I know for myself when, you know, decades ago when I started my healing journey, um, that piece of letting go of the judgment was the thing that kept me from being able to consistently show up for the mm -hmm. practice. I kept letting the judgment of, 
my traumas weren't bad enough or my traumas, you know, weren't that important or this really isn't a big deal. I'm, I should be able to just deal with this and move on. And what's your problem? You know, all of that self-talk would stop, start coming in and um, resisting me from taking the initiative to continue that process. Yoga for me was literally <laughs> the biggest resistance place I had. Um, I'm extremely inflexible, so I don't have a lot of flexible flexibility. I have like the tightest hamstrings and I have no coordination, okay? So naturally, I show up to yoga class and I feel very uncomfortable. I don't look like everyone else, so I immediately start judging myself and then the entire time I'm in my head, not really um, being present and actually connecting my mind to my muscles and what's happening. Um, and, and then I would not go again. And then, you know, another year or two years would go by and I'd be like, oh, I really need to try that yoga thing. And then, you know, same situation. I think it was a year or two ago. Um, I went to a yoga class. I was starting up again. And I remember being pretty insecure being in the class because everyone looked pretty advanced. And I just had a talk with myself and said, it doesn't matter. You're going to do this. It's good for you. You always feel better when you go through the, you know, the motions. So I take the class. And at the end of the class, this gentleman that was sitting next to me taps me on my shoulder and says, I just want to let you know that was really painful to watch. <laughs> I will never forget thinking to myself, okay, all righty, so no judgment, you know, and I literally had to let it go. I just kind of laughed and said, thank you for your feedback. And then I had positive self-talk with myself the entire time I walked from the studio to my car, reminding myself of all the reasons I needed to be proud of myself and not let his comment consume me and keep me from showing up again. And so now whenever I pass him, um, I'll laugh. I'll think, wow, that was a really groundbreaking moment for me because I didn't allow his comment to inhibit me from showing up again. And that was real growth for me in that moment. So anyway, so my whole point with this is yoga was like the biggest place I had resistance. However, it's been one of the um, more rewarding places to consistently show up and practice. Yeah. And I, I want to add that um, like yoga, it's not a thing that's um, only being practiced on the mat. And if it's not like something you like because you you think or you believe uh, here again we come with our thoughts uh mm -hmm. which is one of your favorite topics i know that um so um yoga is something especially now during this year of 2020 uh, most studios were closed so we really have the opportunity to start practicing within our own four walls you know no one can watch us when we like do a YouTube video or something like that, you know? So there's always this opportunity to, to tend towards something or to try something new uh, without going full in. Um, this was just a little addition to what you just said. And um, I think it's important maybe at this point to talk about thoughts a little bit more because it's also part of uh, yeah, my work in general, uh, seeing this through a holistic lens and, when talking about thoughts, I always like to 
to call upon the concept of killing ants, which is a synonym. So when we talk about ants, you know, these little things, they just come in like one doesn't come alone. There are so many thoughts and it's really dangerous because in psychology, we talk about these meta thoughts. Mm -hmm. So it's not actually the thought in itself that's a problem, but the, the thought about the thought which becomes the problem. Right. So we judge ourselves because we think a certain way, we feel a certain way. Um, and it's really, really hard to, you know, get rid of these ants, these automatic negative thoughts. Um, so uh, yeah, I think it's really important to, to not judge ourselves in case we do, like in case a thought passes our mind, which is unkind to us, you yeah. know, it's, yeah. that's really, really hard, but also really, uh, yeah, re rewarding in the, in the end, if we learn to not judge our internal experiences. That's beautiful. Thank you for that addition. That's such a valid, valid point. I know for myself, you know, historically, I suffered with a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety from traumas that I had experienced very young and all through my adulthood. And I would find myself, you know, like you said, the ants, one shows up and the next thing you know, you're like saturated with ants. And it, it becomes overwhelming because you start really slipping into that very anxious, depressed state when these thoughts start taking over and you lose control and you start, you know, I like to call it kind of spiraling down the toilet bowl. And so for myself, historically, when I have been in these moments where I, you know, start thinking like, let's say it's something financial. I start thinking about, oh, this bill needs to be paid and that bill needs to be paid. Oh, I got that. And then this is coming up. And the next thing you know, you're starting to fear, you're having fear and anxiety around all of the responsibilities and things that are, you know, have to be done um, financially. And next thing you know, you're thinking, oh my gosh, and what if I don't make that sale? And, and you just start spiraling down. It just kind of like one thing builds off of another. And next thing you know, you're in this really dark, dark place. So for me, I have found that when I find myself being aware that that's where my thoughts are going, I quickly kind of interject and remind myself like, hey, Heather, you know, that thing's going on where you start having the thought and then it has many thoughts. Well, you're, you're heading in that direction. So I stop myself. I don't judge. I'll ask myself the question, how do you want to feel? And when I check in and ask myself how I want to feel, I quickly start stating things like, I want to feel joyful. I want to feel happy. I want to feel peace. I want to feel productive. And when you start listing off all of these really powerful words, you can't help yourself. But next thing you know, you're like, all right, I got this. Like I'm climbing the mountain, right? It's, that's how quickly you can correct that and shift it over to allow your thoughts to start serving and working for you rather than against you. Yeah. So that's, that's something yeah. I found to be very helpful for myself. Yeah. And, and I also what another concept I found really helpful is to neutralize the um, 
circumstance. And by that, I mean, for example, a common example is when you're in your car and um, you see that um, the lightning is going green and the car um, who's, who's before you, who's standing in front of you, um, is not moving forward and you start honking maybe or you start like really having these thoughts and against this human being in the car in front of you thinking like, oh no, why is he not moving? And I have an appointment or ah, and now I'm late again. And then a second later, you know, you see an old lady crossing the street and you think, oh, my gosh, how could I be so mean and so unkind in this moment, you know? And this is what I mean by practicing this gap and neutralizing the situation by saying, by, by don't adding this judgment to the situation. So by just saying, well, this car is not moving. That's it. It's, it's true, but you, it's, it's just the same situation without your thought added to it, without your you're thinking about a situation which might, which you might not know the whole truth about. And this is also like remembering, um, coming back to the present moment and knowing that not everything you think is first of all yours. So not every thoughts are yours because they might be conditioned something uh, from the past which which is not used to own and also um knowing that they will pass again and it's not always true you know by questioning this is the work of byron katie by questioning every thought and all the beliefs you have you come to the point where you sense well for example right now when i'm anxious because i'm doing an interview in english which is not my first language you know and um, which is which is really scary for me so there might be a thought coming uh saying well mira oh, you you're doing so bad and you miss uh pronounce a word but i'm sensing you know my two feet are grounding on the ground I'm safe in my home. I'm talking with you, Heather. And, you know, I feel very comfortable in my skin. So I can really sense it's not like not everything that I'm thinking right now uh, must be true. And by just, you know, questioning these thoughts and coming aware of what is truly going on. And when you're um, talking about this example of finances, it's not that you you know, you, you cannot afford uh, to, to live tomorrow or go to the grocery stores. You, you won't like, um, yeah, you won't uh, die because you don't have um, a roof over your, top, uh, your, your, your head or enough food, you know. So it's not, it's not that bad. It's, it's really, yeah, it's... Well, I think... I think part of that is that conditioning of that scarcity, right? Like we've been taught as a whole that there's not enough for everyone. So whenever it does come to finances, typically that first thought for most people is, how do I get more? How do I, you know, am I going to have enough? And so um, it's, you know, it, the reality is, is that we just have to check in and become aware that that's even occurring. And then again, like you mentioned, going to that state of neutrality, I think for most people to go to state of neutrality is extremely challenging because it is actually so simple. I think that we tend to overcomplicate and we want to make things a lot harder than what it needs to be. So an individual who wants to start the healing process, 
thinks that they're going to have to do all of this like really challenging, difficult work that's going to be really uncomfortable. And the reality is that being in a state of neutrality isn't all that uncomfortable. It's pretty, you know, it's kind of like, meh, all right. So, mm -hmm. so what are your thoughts about that? How do you, how do you encourage someone to just be in that state of neutrality? Yeah. Yeah. That's um, a beautiful question because I believe, you know, part of being human is to um, experience like everything, this whole package of pain and sorrow and grief, but also joy and, and healing and, and happiness. And, you know, it's this whole full spectrum. So it's really by allowing everything without suppressing anything because once we numb something and at first we all know that this will not work out long term so i'm always saying you know start by really allowing yourself to feel everything and for example for me it's really i have this um like a past with um, morning depression. So whenever I wake up, I feel like, oh no, not another day. You know, I think it's, it's so undervalued, like waking up each morning and loving ourselves all over again. It's what a beautiful thing, you know, to, to do. And it's so, for me, it was a long time where it was really hard. So whenever I wake up now, I just play my, my favorite songs, you know, to, to get me moving, to, to know I'm safe. I'm, I can do this. I can rock this day. So this is just something I do every morning because I've learned that uh, this is what I need and I can help myself. I don't need a, a guru telling me something. I don't need to go onto Instagram asking for support. I can you know, support myself. And I think it's a beautiful way when we come back to harnessing our inner wisdom, uh, also part of uh, my, my group coaching program and also part of my work in general that we learn to harness this wisdom of our mind. And by that, I mean looking at our beliefs, our thoughts and emotions going through the body, looking at nutrition. It's also really part, big part of my work. We haven't really touched on that here, but it's also really, really really important eating what we really need and um why should we rather start with adding things that are serving us before we just get rid of everything and also getting the, the body moving you know movement uh, is such an important thing to unlock emotions and to really get to this these uh yeah things that are suppressed and that we cannot access with our mind. So that's why I think the body and movement and also yoga and certain poses are really, really good for this. Um, well, our, and, yeah. our body has natural rhythms when it comes to sleeping, movement, and nutrition. And what I have found through my own practice is that because most people are so detached from themselves, they are so completely detached from their actual rhythms that they're, they're not working in that natural circadian rhythm that the body prefers. They're working against it. And most people don't even realize that that's occurring because they're so not in tune with what their body is actually telling them, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's really important and also, you know, this is why 
um, a big part of um, everything I do is also uh, turning towards rest and self-compassion and self-care. What is this this whole self self-love like all about? It's not just about bubble baths and champagne. It's about you know again coming back to basics and learning how you can tune towards your own needs and you know Absolutely. whether it's lightening a candle or like a simple example it might be funny but i can show you right now uh, uh, for the youtube watchers so I, I have a little buddha up here you know because whenever i i get scared or whenever i have an interview like this i just have something to anchor on which is in my like in my um surrounding so um some people have a stone in their hand or something you know that can press and these other i know it might sound funny but these simple things and actions that can support us in the present moment are what will bring us the the most like uh in the long term and the biggest results if you will absolutely and you know to that point i think it's important to mention that you know energy everything is energy right so energy can't be created nor destroyed it's just transferred so for you having that globe to anchor to you're able to transfer a lot of that anxiety and nervousness and fear that you're having that negative you know the those negative frequency energy vibrations you're able to release those by having this thing that you're anchored to that allows you to feel safe secure and grounded I'm a huge fan of stones. I absolutely love crystals. Um, crystals are a huge um, part of my healing process, and it's something that I encourage and incorporate with clients as well, um, you know, depending upon their circumstances. But stones have been so beneficial for me, and um, I just love because it's something easy. You can put a bracelet on, and then the bracelet can really help assist with grounding and transferring energy. So there's a lot of things that we can do to assist ourselves with healing that don't require a lot of time, energy, and effort, right? Like we can right. really super simple with something as easy as finding an object to ground you or maybe, you know, find the perfect stone bracelet. Um, so anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's that's so true. And just to add on this, because it just comes to mind is that you know, emotions are energy in motion. And um, scientists have discovered discovered that every emotion only lasts for 90 seconds. So that's oh, one and a half, that's one and a half minutes, you know? And most people don't know this. It's, it's again, the, the emotion gets stuck or if it's not transformed into another state of energy, then it gets transmuted and transmitted. So it gets su suppressed. And this is where all the ants come, coming, co uh, start coming at us, you know, and we, we think about this feeling and we think about this emotion and the sensation even, and this is where, where it gets dangerous. And I think by just having simple things like a bracelet or a crystals, a stone, and um, reading cards, you know, um, tarot cards or, uh, having something on anchor and to ground yourself into the present moment is might sound simple, but it's really effective. Yeah. Yes, I love that. Thank you. So, talk to me a little bit about self healing versus self directed healing. What is the difference between the two? Yeah. So, 
Uh, thank you for addressing this topic because I believe it's quite dangerous what I see nowadays with uh, this whole self-healing concept. I won't dismiss it. So I really like this self-empowerment and knowing that at, like in, at the end of the day, you are the one who is in charge of your life and your healing, your growth and everything included. So you are uh, responsible. But at the same time, it dismisses this thing that it's also very important to ask and it's not just important, it's okay and a sign of strength to ask for support on our journey because we cannot do it all alone. And we were actually never meant to, you know, we, we don't heal in a vacuum and in isolation. We, we need other pe people. And again, we need other people to learn how to co-regulate so that we can learn to regulate ourselves. So, um, co-regulation always comes before self-regulation. And when someone is, you know, looking at the phone or nowadays on, on, on Google and like looking on the internet for, for support and help, it's, it's kind of really dangerous. I see it nowadays in um, like my work life when people come to me and say, they've tried so many things that they, they've like listened to all the gurus and read all the articles by they but they've, still feel stuck you know and i say yeah because we need this direction so this is all about self-directed healing and not just you know self-healing yes but also uh asking and turning towards support and yeah without having the stigma around like getting need or uh going to therapy or coaching or you know um just knowing that at the end of the day, you are in charge and you will always be, but you don't have to do it alone. Yeah. I think that a lot of people, when they are trying to do the self-healing without the self-directed healing, that they tend to find themselves getting stuck in these negative healing loops. And then they become very frustrated because they're like, I've done the classes, I've taken the courses, I've gone to the webinar, I went to the event. Um, I read the audiobook, I read the book, you know, and, and they're still left feeling exactly the same, except now they have like all of this additional information, but they don't know how to organize it and implement it and apply it to their everyday life in a way that is realistic and sustainable for them to actually allow the, the healing and growth part to take, you know, process. So um, how do you, so for that person who's listening, who can really relate to this thinking, okay, I'm that person. I've done all of the self healing. How do you convince them that they need to incorporate the directed part? Like how, how can you sell that? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I must say, I don't have um, an answer to this. Fair because, enough. Because, you know, I'm really good at my work. I'm really good at what I do. I love supporting others on their journey. But I'm really, really bad when it comes to marketing and selling something this, which is, you know, really hard to, we cannot convince anyone to do 
anything. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also dangerous if we as practitioners start to just, you know, sell our method as the best or uh, the most effective, which might not be true. And we must always realize that not everyone is at the state energetically, financially, time-wise, where they can really invest in something like uh, a program or a one-on-one -on -one coaching. But um, what I can always say is for a listener who's, who's now feeling really stuck after trying so many different things is start with community. Mm. Start with, you know, if you are not at a place that's also something i teach in my work and when you're not at a place where you are um, able to share your story yet mm -hmm. uh, because i'm a big believer that our pain um, can be transmuted into passions and wounds can be turned into wisdom um, because i know that from my own experience there's so much wisdom we can generalize from from our own experiences, from our trauma, our past pain. Um, just by start by writing th these things um, that are on your mind down for yourself, you know, like start small by journaling. And after that, when you feel comfortable having written it down, uh, it seems like something has been released from you. You know, you have si kind of take, taken a small step towards taking it out of your heart and getting a little bit lighter on the inside. Um, so after that, start by talking to a good friend, someone you, you trust, maybe your partner or a family member. And after that, um, I always um, suggest to share it publicly. So for example, you start by sharing it on a blog or uh, writing for a magazine or doing an Instagram or Facebook post about it, like, like I do nowadays. I'm at a place where it feels safe for me to really talk about my own pain. Um, but if someone like a listener is not able to do so, really start by tuning towards those people you can trust, those safe people, you know? Community is such an important part of healing. Yeah, I think that's such a, a fabulous, um, fabulous tip, you know, to turn to community, because I think that that is a piece where if they feel they have the support from the community, then they mm -hmm. can um, ease, more easily embrace that directive type process because they feel, they feel safe, they feel, um, you know, supported in that environment in order to be able to take that, that next step. Mike, yeah. you and I could literally talk forever. Um, this stuff is just such, this is the stuff that gets me, you know, to jump up out of bed in the morning and super excited. I was so excited about having this podcast with you today. I woke up several hours earlier than I should have, but I was just so excited um, to come here today and ask you a lot of questions and really pick your brain. Uh, you're so knowledgeable, you're so wise. I keep seeing this owl sitting behind you um, and, and thinking, my goodness, you know, what a perfect representation of, of you. You're, you're so knowledgeable and, and you're, the way that you um, share the information is just so beautifully compassionate and um, encouraging. I feel like the audience just really can uh, feel embraced and nurtured by you and your, your uh, gifts. So thank you so much for that. 
Thank uh, you so much, Heba. I, I hate that we have to wrap this up. Um, it's been so fabulous. Now, I know you have a new program that you're going to be releasing October 1st. And mm -hmm. right now you have an early bird special that will be running until, is it August 31st? Yes. Okay. So you guys are going to want to head over and check out Neela's The Total Transformation Group Coaching Program that will be releasing October 1st. I am sure it is going to be packed with all kinds of amazing value to help individuals feel secure and supported on their healing journey. So that's, that's fabulous. Make sure you guys head over and check that out. So again, Neela, where can the audience find you? Ah, um, so one of my favorite places is Instagram these days, um, but also on my website about the good life dot me. Um, yeah, and um, I also have an email list and I have a free 28 day journal embracing wholeness. So that's where I, I would, yeah, suggest everyone to start if they are um, eager to learn more about themselves and harnessing their inner wisdom. And yeah, I think Instagram is always my, my humble home on the web. Fabulous. Well, again, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and encouragement, motivation with us today. You are a beautiful soul. Your aura is so bright, despite the, uh, the shade that you think you're sitting in from the light. You are shining so bright, girlfriend. You just have an absolutely illuminated soul. Beautiful beautiful. Thank you very much. The same goes right back to you, Heather. Oh, thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Duranja. And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.